Welcome to the Work Science Center podcast, brought to you by the Work Science Center of the Georgia Institute of Technology. I'm your host for this episode, Sibley Lingard. You can find out more about the Work Science Center at our website, www.worksciencecenter.gatech.edu. In today's podcast, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Dorian Kuj, professor at Tilburg University's School of Social and Behavioral Sciences. We'll discuss the benefits of job crafting and productivity in the workforce, as well as the potential benefits that these topics offer for older workers. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Um, first, I'd just like to ask if you could maybe give an overview of your background and your research interests, as well as how you came to be interested in job crafting. Yes, I'd like to do that. Uh, so my background is actually in uh, economics. So I've studied business economics, uh, but then I did a PhD in management and organization. And I studied the role of HR practices in motivating all the workers. Uh, still, my interests are in successful aging at work. Uh, so I'm interested in what happens when people age at work, uh, which changes do they experience, how do these changes influence their motivation at work, and uh, how can all the workers themselves and also organi- organizations that they work for uh, deal with these changes, for example, with their HR policy. Uh, and then one HR related or one age related change that I'm particularly interested in is a future time perspective. Uh, because that uh, we have shown that that mediates the relationship between age and uh, work motivation. So actually, due to this interest in successful aging at work, I also became interested in uh, job crafting. Well, for several reasons. So first of all, uh, the lifespan uh, development literature shows that all the workers are actually active when it comes to their aging process. So they engage in all types of strategies to deal with these age-related changes. And also what we know is that motives and abilities change when people get older. Uh, And at the same time, their job often stays the same, or at least in the Netherlands, uh, all the workers are not so mobile, so they stay in their job for a long time. And this might then cause misfits in the end, you know, when their motives, abilities change and their job stays the same, uh, then this is likely to cause misfits. And um, therefore, I thought, well, actually, if we combine these two things, so this active role of all the workers and the fact that they uh, need to do something to uh, maintain their fit at work, I came across job crafting, which is actually about, okay, how can I adjust my job in such a way that I can do what I'm good at and that I can do what I like. And therefore, I started to study this to see, okay, do all the workers do that? And what does it bring for them? What what does that do for their successful aging at work? I think that's really interesting, especially given the um, rising numbers of older workers in the workforce. I want to touch on something you mentioned in that there's this broader idea of being proactive at work and um, person-directed activities. So looking at job crafting is maybe part of, but not necessarily all of that. So in your view, what exactly does it mean to engage in job crafting? What sort of activities or behaviors does it consist of? Yeah, so first of all, job crafting is definitely a type of proactive behavior. So it's really something that is initiated by the employee. And um, the the supervisor might not not even know that the employee is is doing it. So it's actually uh, really proactive behavior. Uh, I've done many interviews uh, with employees of different ages, working in different types of occupations, different organizations. 
And uh, I came across many types of uh, activities that, that uh, these people engage in. So, for example, there was this HR advisor and uh, she took on the role as a career counselor to add meaning to her uh, work. Uh, I came across a project manager who actually asked colleagues to always uh, put the offers in the computer because he really didn't know how to do that. Uh, I came across the head of a, a head of a department uh, and he said, well, if, if, if there were clients calling that were angry, he would always say, give them to me because he had a lot of experience with uh, in customer services and he really enjoyed and he was also really good at making these people happy again. And finally, there was also this guy, he worked in the kitchen as a chef de partie. So that's actually below the, the head chef and below the sous chef. But he would actually uh, add all these tasks to his uh, job, like um, designing the plates, uh, thinking about the recipes, uh, supervising the, the student chefs. And actually, that wasn't part of his job, but it was just to, so that he could experiment with these tasks and also show to his boss, hey, I can do this and, and, and I also like to do this. So actually, there are many different types of job crafting. Also, when you look at uh, literature, there's this distinction between task, relational and cognitive crafting. So cognitive crafting is more about um, changing the way you view uh, your job, the way you see your job. Relational crafting is about changing the relationships you have with other people uh, in your work. And then task crafting is about, well, what, as the word says, about changing the task. But it can mean that you add tasks to your job. It can also mean that you try to get rid of certain uh, tasks. I think the, these, this distinction is very well known because this is the distinction made by Wersnesky and Dutton uh, when they first introduced uh, the concept. And then later on, there were also these uh, distinctions uh, in job crafting uh, based on the job demand resources model. So changing demands, changing resources. And uh, recently, I, together with some colleagues, also introduced strengths and interest crafting. So more starting uh, from the person. So these other types of crafting really start from the job. So it's about changing the, the job demand, job resources. It's about changing the, the tasks. But we wanted to look at or to start from the person and look at the personal resources like strengths and interests. And uh, so we introduced these two types of crafting, uh, which are really about changing your job in such a way that you can either do what you uh, enjoy or changing the job in such a way that you can do what you are really good at. So there are actually many different types of, of job crafting uh, that you can distinguish. So I think in that sense, the literature uh, on job crafting is also still in its infancy. It really should be studied more to see, okay, what, which types can we really distinguish? What are their effects, etc. I think something that's really striking about a lot of the examples you just gave is how different they all are and how you're talking about how this is really a very wide and varied range of activities and that across all different occupations and levels of occupations and types of industries, this is something that you can see and something that in your work you've talked to a lot of different diverse people about. But a common thread between all of those examples is the idea of person job fit and how can I really adjust the work that I'm doing to be more suitable. So what I wanted to then ask is what are the, some of the benefits of a better person, a job fit? How does that change the way that people experience their work and their jobs? 
Yeah, so first of all, there are two types of person job fit that we can distinguish. So there is needs supplies fit. So are, are the needs of the individual employees actually satisfied by the job? And then there's also demands abilities fit. So this is more about whether the, the abilities of the person match the requirements of the job. And what we know from literature is that having a, a good or a high person job fit, so when there's really a fit between uh, the needs and abilities of the person and the supplies and demands of the job, then this has a range of positive outcomes at work, such as uh, higher work engagement, uh, lower turnover intention, uh, higher performance, higher commitment, higher satisfaction. So actually... Uh, having a good fit at work has has all these positive outcomes uh, for, for individual employees, but also for their uh, employer. So I want to return, I think, to something that you mentioned earlier on in your introduction, where you were mentioning your interest in successful aging at work. So you, some of your more recent uh, publications have focused on older workers and how they job craft specifically. So I wanted to ask you, what psychological benefits are older workers receiving through participation in job crafting? Maybe perhaps motivation or a sense of increased agency? Yes, uh, both. So uh, as I mentioned, uh, well, by, by crafting the job, uh, they actually uh, make sure that the job fits themselves, so fits their changing motives and abilities. Uh, so it helps them to use their knowledge and their strengths, something that really increases with uh, with age. And in addition to that, uh, we know uh, from the literature so far that there are also a range of positive work outcomes of job crafting. So many studies have shown that when people job craft, they are more engaged with their work. Uh, they um, their their meaningfulness uh, of their work increases. Um, they perform better. It also actually changes the job design, so they indeed have more uh, autonomy. So there are many positive uh, outcomes of job crafting. And um, I think also in this, the labor market that we have now and uh, the, the, the work context, which is very dynamic, it's also very important for employees to be proactive so uh, it also helps them, I think, to to sort of live up to the expectations in the current uh, work setting. So as an example, I think that employees uh, are held much more responsible nowadays for their own career than uh, when these older workers were young. So I think by job crafting, it also helps them to be active and to really be aware of the fact that, okay, the job is not a static thing. I can change. And by changing the job, they also notice that they, well, that they are still able to also do other things. And that makes that it helps them also to uh, adjust to, well, technological developments, etc. So I think it, it also helps them uh, to start small, but then by crafting their own job, uh, gradually also seeing, okay, I can do other, other things. And in that way, helps, it helps them also to adjust uh, to um, uh, other changes in the, in the work environment, I think. I think it's a really interesting point that you mentioned, that changing use of technology in the workplace. And I think that given the way that now more and more jobs are expecting people to perform more tasks that are automated or more tasks that require them to interact with technology, I think that job crafting could be a really great way to help people feel more comfortable with those changes. So do you think that an increase in automation or more generally the use of technology in the workplace might change the ways that older workers engage in job crafting or maybe just the frequency or neither? Yeah, I think it's actually difficult to say. Um, there's also 
no research available on, on that. I would expect that these uh, that automation or indeed use of technology would uh, help reduce physical demands for all the workers, um, which is good because we know that physical abilities might decrease when people get older. And uh, hopefully this will then uh, help them because they they have enough resources left then to not only in their physical uh, abilities, but also in time maybe that they can use to, to engage in job crafting behavior and to think about, okay, so maybe this part of my job is now being done by a computer. Uh, so how can I still then make my work, well, maybe challenging, maybe more interesting. How can I use some of, of the knowledge and skills that I have that weren't uh, used yet? Uh, how can I try to, to use that more? So I, I, re I actually hope that by automation, it frees up some energy and time for all the workers to engage in, in job crafting and to really, well, to really have this job that, that fits their uh, current motives and, their, and, their, and, and really uses their knowledge and their abilities. I agree. I think that's a really, really interesting avenue for um, potentially future, future research to look at. Um, so clearly this is an area that could benefit not just older workers, but almost everyone in the workforce. So I want to zoom back out a little bit and ask more broadly. In your experience, what does the evidence tell us about who is more likely to engage in these types of job crafting behaviors? Um, is it a question of person level characteristics like age or maybe personality? Or is it more of a nuanced situation that depends on the environment of the workplace as well? Yeah, actually, both uh, both individual and uh, situational factors have been shown to influence uh, job crafting. Uh, so, for example, we know that proactive personality uh, and also self-efficacy, uh, that these two personal factors influence job crafting so that people that are more proactive by themselves and also have uh, a higher self-efficacy, that they will craft more. But still, the environment is also very important because we also know that job design has an, uh, an influence on job crafting. So when people work in a more autonomous work environment, they also feel that they have more opportunities to job craft and they will also engage in more crafting behavior. Also, it has been shown that people with an active job, so not only uh, with high autonomy, but also with a high workload, that these people also engage uh, in more job crafting behavior. And uh, recently, I've also conducted a study to see uh, whether specific HR practices can trigger or stimulate job crafting behavior. And what I found was that uh, opportunity enhancing uh, HR practices, so these are HR practices that uh, provide employees with the opportunity to uh, perform. So these could be uh, decentralized decision making, uh, teamwork, information sharing, uh, broad job descriptions that these types of HR practices increase the psychological empowerment of all the workers and then in turn their job crafting behavior. So uh, I think this, these are yeah interesting study to see, okay, how can we uh, stimulate job crafting behavior among uh, employees, not only older workers, but also more in general. That's great. So it sounds like everybody in um, within a workplace from the individual to their manager to the broader HR system kind of has a role to play in encouraging these positive behaviors. Yeah, definitely. Yes, I think, yeah, as I said, all the workers themselves, they also need to be aware of the fact, okay, the job is not static. It's a dynamic thing. I can I can make changes myself. But then again, the, the, the supervisor also needs to be 
open to that or even stimulated by uh, implementing these HR practices. Uh, and the organization, of course, would be great if an organization could uh, design HR practices like these opportunity enhancing HR practices for their organization and really communicate those HR practices uh, throughout the organization. So I just have a couple more questions. Uh, for those, these last few minutes, I'd like to shift a little bit um, and talk about how things are changing in the world of work outside of just the rising uh, use of technology and automation. So for example, one shift happening currently that I think it's important to discuss is the rise of alternative work arrangements, things like mm -hmm. gig work, precarious work that are changing the way we might expect a quote-unquote job to look. Do we also have to change the way that we think about job crafting then? Um, I don't think so. I think uh, job crafting is really about changing uh, changing your, your job. Uh, and I think, for example, gig work, this is more about short tasks. So this is not really a job or at least not yet. And I think uh, people that, are, that, that do uh, gig work, they sort of craft their own job by adding these short tasks together. But I'm not sure because, well, there are no boundaries to craft here. So it's it's not really a job. I do think that the job crafting can help vulnerable employees, you know, by adjusting the job to their uh, specific needs, their specific abilities. But I also think that uh, vulnerable employees uh, need help in crafting because I think they might lack the resources. They might not be so uh, proactive by their personality. They might have a low self-efficacy, actually. So I think that here uh, the organization, the supervisor, um, should really stimulate job crafting much more than for other uh, employees. And for uh, precarious work, I think that actually much more is needed there than only job crafting, because I think, well, in, in these kinds of situations, we just need a good HRM policies and good HRM practices. I think job crafting is, is, is not enough. It won't, um, it won't help in that situation. So it's about not just these types of behaviors that individual employees should look into doing, but also uh, encouraging broad, more impactful policy that can help as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so one last question. Going forward, what do you think are some pressing issues that researchers or practitioners even should consider if they're interested in this topic of job crafting and proactive behavior at work? Uh, I think one thing that we we already just briefly touched upon is that some employees, they job craft out of their own initiative. You know, they are much more proactive. They have a high self-efficacy, et cetera. So they will... They will uh, make it work for themselves, but there are also uh, there's also a big group of employees who is not so proactive, and these are oftentimes also the vulnerable employees. So I think that they they need need, need more help. So I think um, for HR practitioners, it's good to keep an eye open for this particular group of employees and to really help this group of employees and stimulate their uh, job crafting behavior. Also, I think that organizations should consider changing their performance management system if they stimulate employees to, to job craft. Uh, because if you, know, if you start changing your, your job and you're actually doing other things, then you should also be assessed on the right uh, criteria that also fit these new uh, tasks. So that's also something for organizations to, uh, to think about. And finally, I think it's also important to not only look at uh, individual crafting, but also to look at team crafting, because nowadays uh, lots of the work that we do is done within a team. 
And that actually gives uh, great opportunities to, uh, on a team level, really see, okay, what are the, the tasks and activities that we need to do? And based on uh, each individual's strengths and interests, how can we divide the task that we really get, well, get the best, uh, best possible division for, for everybody? So I think that team crafting is also something for uh, HR practitioners to, um, to look into and to see, well, how can we stimulate that? How can we facilitate that? And uh, hopefully it will benefit then the individual employee, but also the organization. All right. Well, as you said, it's a young field, a young literature. So lots of exciting places left to go. Definitely. Yes. L lots of work to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, Dr. Kush, thank you so much again for talking to me and the rest of us at the Work Science Center here today. It's been a great conversation, uh, and I hope to see more of the work you're doing on this in the future. Thanks a lot. For anyone, again, who's interested in hearing more about the Work Science Center or for checking out more of the podcasts in this series, uh, you can find our website online at www.worksciencecenter.gatech.edu.